The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And and welcome, everyone. I'm so delighted that you're here as an intentional spirit. I I honor each and every one of you every day. I'm, I'm always so impressed at at people that are committed to being a difference maker and and living their lives and learning from the the journey that they have and and making a lemonade out of it. It's just so impressive and incredible. And of course, our guest today is is definitely uh, just that. It means the world to me, to all of you that are tuning in from all over the world on Facebook Live. And thank you for sharing us with your friends. It's because of you that people watch us or come back on and watch our show um, from all over. I do want to say that one of the reasons I love doing Facebook Live is I love your comments. I like your questions so I can ask the guests and uh, we can talk uh, somewhat back and forth. Today, we have the one and only Dr. Drayvon James. That's right, Dr. Drayvon James. She is a person that represents peace. She is a light and and she's a change agent. So welcome, Drayvon, to our show today. Oh, thank you, Temple. I'm so uh, grateful to be here with you all today. Uh, We're grateful to have you. I mean, just uh, you're just such a blessing. And you and I have spoken a few times along the way on our journey But please take the time to tell our listening audience um, about you, about your path, about your journey. Oh, thank you for asking. So, yeah, where I am right now, I'll start here and work a little backwards and give you just a little insight into um, who I am. But I I run an organization, Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James, and our only purpose, it's so great in life, is to be single-minded. And our only single-minded purpose is to show people how to utilize everything that shows up in their life, the good, the bad, and the in-between, absolutely everything that shows up in their life as a stepping stone or building block to consciously create their next level of greatness. Now, how amazing is that? And 
I got the idea to do this for myself, uh, my uh, amazing journey in life, which when I use the word amazing, sometimes people who know me very well, they kind of like grimace a little bit. They're like, oh, there's some pain in there. And there definitely has been in my journey, as with most people's journey, some things that I would have rather not happen. You know how that happens in life. And so my journey was had those things happening. I had extraordinarily painful points in my life, and I thought, what's all this pain for? It can't just be to hurt Drayvon. This is not what I came to earth to do, is to be an instrument for pain. So I thought, well, this is, you know, through studying, and just didn't come into my mind, through studying and reading lots of different things, I understood that every point in my life was meant to strengthen me for the next journey and for the next journey and for the next journey, ultimately so that I could have be of service to the universe. So I started on the south side of Chicago in poverty and uh, endured some bouts of homelessness in my childhood, and that extended into my college years, and then moved on from there, got a doctorate degree in pharmacy. In the midst of all of that craziness, ended up getting this doctorate degree in pharmacy. And as much as I loved being able to help people in that way. I have this mathematical science mind, and it's very linear, and that was great. It wasn't fulfilling enough. Um, I I knew that I I was near what my purpose was, but I wasn't right on it. And so simultaneously studying pharmacy, I had this this, uh, burning desire for self-improvement on maybe you would say a spiritual level, uh, but I was just studying everything that I could get my hands on that had to do with peace and living this sort of zen-like lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I tell people it's so funny. When I first started out at age 17, I thought the, I thought what I was looking for <laughs> was the answers to the question, how to have no problems in your life. So as you can imagine, that didn't turn out. Um, I didn't get the answer to that, but I, I, I did get the answer to how to live your life. <laughs> Right? It's funny, right? How do you how do you like all that? <laughs> you didn't get the answer to that, so you did like I did. You you changed your question. <laughs> isn't that isn't that what we do? Okay, right? I mean, you're you're laughing and you're you know you're sharing your heart and um, and you and I have had a lot of laughter through these last couple of years. But I was thinking, you know, I I felt exactly like this when I stopped drinking. You know, because obviously in drinking, you know, 15 years from the age of 14 to 29, I had one thing after another going on. Or if I didn't, I would create something going on so that I could go drink some more. (laughs) And I remember, you know, when I stopped, I thought, wow, you know, look at me just doing life a favor, you know, one more person that isn't listening to their own intuition and I'm going to quit. And it is going to be a joy ride after that. (laughs) What I discovered is I still had challenges and problems. I just had to feel all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I I mean, I had to feel each and every one of them, like, oh, like accentuated, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. This is what it really feels like when you're having a little little drama and not be medicated. So anyway, right, you, you gotta be totally sober that's for so the whole funny. thing. Right. So funny. And you're right. You changed the question. And that's what we do. We go back to the lab and we say, okay, 
you know, wait, maybe if I tweak, tweak the question, and that's what I did. I said, okay, so I can't, I'm not able, and I was young when I started, I was 17 when I started on this journey, but I, I got the picture really quick because the stuff was happening so fast. I was like, I'm not going to be able to stop the pain necessarily because a lot of it was outside of my control. So I got to be able to figure out how to utilize this. What is this for? And I just, like you said, I changed the question, and then I got, I I became more, how do you say, I guess the best way to say it is more in my body and less in my head. And I yeah. felt like I was finally home. More in my body and less in my head. So do you think it's um, it's appropriate to say or apropos that um, you started being more like yourself than editing yeah. the life you were living? Would that be, you know, a part of it? That is a great way to say it because, you know, in, in my head, and I suppose we're a lot like this. A light. You can, you can use that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I was always trying to uh, adapt to the situation. You know how we do that. I was trying to keep myself oh, safe. Yeah. My limited, my limited way, my limited thinking of how to keep myself safe. So if the situation required this, this is what I, my my mind, my ego said do. Instead of saying, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This is what this is what the truth is in my being right now. I'll just stand on that. And maybe I don't have the answer, but I'm not going to keep trying to, with my limited intellectual capacity, I'm not going to keep trying to follow a course that doesn't feel right. I guess it may be more intuitiveness, too. I started to trust that part of myself that said, hey, Drayvon, it's okay not to know the answer. Do you feel that... um... And some of the ways on the early part of your journey um, that you were like, okay, this is what you do. You know, these are the steps. This is what society is telling me. Do you, do you feel that it was that you were on a course of what was expected of you more so what you expected of yourself? That's interesting. Were they, and, and, and were they I, both I the same at that point, were they both the same or had you just bought into a system of this is the way it's supposed to look? Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because my background is so, I think, a bit off the norm of, of the grid because we were, we were living a homeless background. So there weren't like a lot of expectations like, oh, you got to go to school, you got to do this. Um, I basically could have done, I didn't have that kind of whoa, expectation. Whoa, whoa, you were what? You were you living were like... Um, we were homeless, homeless background? Right. So we were homeless and back and forth in our childhood. So my mom, who was a great mom, she, you know, she kept education as a priority. You know, make sure you get your education. But I didn't feel a huge sense of pressure like, oh, my goodness, if I don't go and get this degree, you know, I felt like, well, getting this degree seems a lot easier than not have getting this degree. So I felt like I had something that was working for me. Like I was really good at math and science. It wow. was I wasn't necessarily passionate about it, but I was really good in it. And I thought, well, I will just I'll, I'll try this out and see if this could change things up for me a little bit and change things up for my family a little bit. And so even though in my soul, like this is interesting, in my in my soul, like the thing I wanted to pursue was an acting career. At the time, I just started acting. I had gotten some great reviews at a um, 
from the local critic for um, citywide play that I've done at a local theater, and I thought, that's what I really want to do, but this is safer. So maybe a little bit I felt that pressure to do what I thought was safe, but it, I think that pressure mostly came from me wanting to change my economic cycle in my life. I, I get that. I, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm sure I haven't had the pleasure of, of reading your, your book, Freedom is Your Birthright. Um, do you talk about from where you came from? Do you talk about the fact of, you know, from homeless to being home? Is that part of the story or is that something that you prefer to keep more low key? And now that I've mentioned it two times and soon to be a third, if that's the case, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, actually, the, the book mostly focuses on understanding that we all are free. So I use my story only to the point to tell people that if you look at me, you know, African-American woman born in these type of uh economic situation, you won't, you won't necessarily say, oh, there's a person I would equate with freedom. If I were to look up the word freedom in the dictionary, I'd expect to see your picture. Not necessarily so, but mm-hmm. uh, but I say, I, so I tell that part of the story, only small parts of it, just to make that point, is to say that even with that, coming from, cut from that cloth, that part of the cloth, freedom still is my birthright in the fact that I am free to do whatever I want with this with this data. It's just data. It's just yeah. information. And I can utilize it to do what I can utilize it to condemn myself or I can utilize it as a platform to stand on and move forward. So I'm free, my perspective, how I, how I take in information, what I do with that information becomes an internal process. That I, have, that I have to take responsibility for. It's a great privilege to have it, but it's also a great responsibility because ultimately what we do with the circumstances that we're handed becomes our choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt about it. And, and that's why, to me, um, you know, people are, well, how, how's it going and how are you doing? It's like, you know, I am just so... Um, impressed and blessed by the community here, the staff, uh, our team, our board, you know, our, our institute and all of the staff with that. It's like, you know, we are just, we're doing what we teach. We're being, I think more so we're being what we teach of we're in this flow and we only anticipate that on the other side of it, things are going to be even better than they were before. I have, I don't recall ever once saying I want to get back to the way it used to be because there is no back to the way it used to be about anything in life, not only with now with COVID, um, but with anything, there's never a getting back to the way it used to be because you're not who you used to be. You know, the moment is not the same. It's created new right now so um we're thriving over here and you certainly sound like you're thriving over there yeah and i love just the way you just put all that so poetic but it's the truth it is that we're never back to even we started this conversation maybe five minutes right so we're different even in this moment this is the only moment that exists and it's so wonderful the way you just said all that is that we exist in this moment. There is no getting back to the way that it was. It's 
being the best and the most and taking all of the beauty in this moment in. So we go into the next moment whole, and we get to that moment, and we do the same thing all over again, and it's so beautiful. We're not trying to go back to the way it was pre-COVID-19. No, nope. we're going to be yeah. curious about what, what it's going to be and really present and thankful for what it is. Well, you know, often um, one of the core values of being in alignment as a teacher archetype in shamanism as well as being in alignment with yourself, the answer is always silence. You know, so if you're if you're the person that's been rushing traffic going down the road, if you're the person that doesn't feel like your life is happening the way you want it to, if you're a person that feels like, well, I thought by the time I was 30 or 40 or, you know, 20, I'd be here or there, and why is that not happening? The medicine for you, for me, for any of us in that space is, is silence and quiet, that's what calms it all down. And then we transform on the other side of that silence to what is, is. It's happening the way it's supposed to happen. The right people are in my life and everything is part of a divine plan. And that's why in a hysterical metaphysical perspective, this is the most exciting time on our planet in those ways, because it's reaching the reachable, okay? Because we've had this lasting time out, you know, this lasting space. And for many, we could even say, and I already hear some of you psychically saying, what do you mean time out? I've been going at it full speed ahead. Yes, and yet the time out is not doing it the way you've ever done it before. And when we're living life and not doing it the way we've ever done it before, it creates a space to say, well, why am I doing the way, why am I doing it the way I'm doing it? And maybe there's a different way that I might be willing to do it. There's still silence. It's just not like we're sitting in a corner, you know, waiting for the teacher to tell us we can get up now. Do you know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's extremely um, exhilarating in those ways and and that doesn't mean um you know we're not aware of people who have given their lives to this cause and all of those types of things but the bigger picture of uh, an awakening you know i was telling someone the other the other sunday all these people use these cute little quotes written about 2020 and new vision well i hope they remember they they asked for it <laughs> Right. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I'm yeah. not saying they asked for COVID or anything that way, for goodness sakes. But I do think we're on a mission of a whole new vision, individually and collectively. And I'm glad people yeah. are out out there like you that are teaching us how to be better. That's for sure. But and I love this. The answer is always silent. You know, whenever you and I talk, there's so much that happens for me. So I'm so wonderfully blessed to be having this conversation with you this today because just yesterday I was in a meditation and I thought about this be still and know, right? Oh, well, this yeah. be, how, how much happens in the, in the stillness? Uh-huh. 
right? Yeah. And yeah, and I, I love that statement. And then I'm I'm gonna want you to do most of the talking, but I you do that to me. You have that effect on me. But um one of the things I loved when um the minister that was here um 18 years ago before I, I came here, um he he had he used that scripture and for uh Psalms 4610, peace be still and know that. I am God. And and what what you realize in some people's writing, they leave the that out. You know what I mean? Be still and know mm -hmm. I yes. am God. And it's mm -hmm. the that. What we're going through right now is a big old that. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. And wherever you are in your life, there's a that. There's a that that you are working through. Or having a breakthrough about and you're you're learning to integrate you know the place but in the that there is creation you know there there is Yahweh there's God there's the creator whatever you whatever name you use it doesn't use matter what name you use what matters is what you believe about it but um yeah we're on the same page kid yeah and I think it's so important right so yeah I'm on that same the name that you want to use is the name that resonates with you. No right or wrong there. But the formula is be still and know. That yeah. that being still, the answer is in the silence. And that's how you hear this, right? So I love this. I wrote an article about this whole thing being on this timeout, right? And I love the fact that you just referenced timeout because this is not a punishment. This is we're in the incubator of change. So we get to go here. We get to go into self and we get to be in the silence. And we get to make some really good, uh, quiet time decisions about where we where we've been. And how we want to be now, because we've learned a whole bunch. If we sit and we think through the years that we rushed through, that we cried through, that we even partied through, right? We're, and, and, and there's no judgment on any of that stuff. All of them had their points of learning for us. But if we sit here and realize that in this moment right here, most of us, in fact, I would say all of us have everything that we need to, to prosper in this moment. Right? That's that being still. The answer is there. We just got to be still enough to hear from within, from that divine presence within. And we have some of the um, our individuals tuning in and asking what what course you teach on ILLI, on the Institute for Leadership and Lifelong Learning International. And what Dr. Drayvon James teaches is 2020 Clarity. Imagine that. Isn't she the right one for the job? There you go. That's right. She's a she's a powerhouse. You can also go to drdravonjames.com, D-R-A-V-O-N james.com, and you can um, learn more about her and the amazing things that, that she's offering. Very, very powerful. Yeah, and I just want to say a little bit about that course, uh, which is, you're right, on the Institute of Leadership and Lifelong Learning International. That course, I believe, is the perfect way to spend some of this um, quarantine time, some of, this, some of this time that we're home, is to get a clear vision. Right? We know, uh, I think it's in Habakkuk, without vision, the people, the people perish, right? So yes. get a clear vision for who you are and whose you are. 
so that you can move, you can flow into where it is that you know in your soul. I talked earlier about how, you know, my life path, 30 years as a pharmacist, was math and science. But I knew that wasn't my soul. That was a head kind of thing. I'm very, very grateful for it and very grateful for the work that we do. But I know to move into this this place where my soul was kind of um, making its own path or this flow was would take clarity, would take this, the answer is in the silence, and learning how to be in that space and learning how to trust those intuitive. I was a person who really trusted only what I could get out of my noggin. If it wasn't coming out of my brain, I, I just it was all chaotic for me. And as much as I appreciate intellectual ability, I realized that I could have flowed into my place of, of um peace, if you will, if more easily if I had been more connected to my soul, intuitive body responses to things. So 2020 Clarity is designed to help you to utilize both your intellect and your intuition and really flow into where you want to be in life. I love the way you, you clarified it's the 2020 Clarity course that you teach is is about who you are more so than what you are. Yeah. And yeah. and there's there's a big difference between those. The what you are would be all the definitions of how you describe yourself. The who you are is the unfoldment of what you're created to be. We are on a roll today. What what can we say, right? Right, Dr. Drayvon? We are. We are. I am feeling it. We are just in the zone. But you, you said I have an effect on you. You have this effect on me, too. It, it feels like when we talk, like um, this is a coming home, like maybe, you know, we're sisters or something like that. Like, okay, I really know Temple. Like in my soul, no Temple. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time the publicist introduced us and we were going to talk for 10 minutes. And I think an hour and 10 minutes later, <laughs> we were still on the phone, still chatting, yeah, still connecting, still laughing, like we had just met at um, creative school or something. <laughs> right. And I remember like the very next day, I said, oh, man, I want to tell her this. And I think you like called me or something. I'm like, oh, yeah. So this is um, this to me, just being here with you, with your listeners and, and being able to share is um, a treat for me, and I hope it's a treat for the listeners, too, to really in this time period, you know, I began Everyday Peace as a way of healing for myself and dealing with so many of the, the, those things, and not that everything's anybody else's fault, because a lot of those are decisions that I made in life, but dealing, learning to uh, utilize everything in my life for the good, and I, and I believe and this is what I want our listeners to really get today, is that every decision you make leads you somewhere, right? And that somewhere is eventually home. You can go home the long scenic route. Right? I kind of did it that way. I went the long scenic route. I saw a lot of things that I probably didn't have to see, but because I was getting to know me and getting to know this process. And it led me to you, right? Yeah. And now when I when when I connect with people and when you get this feeling within your soul that says, okay, this this is what that was for. You see, this is what you... It's such a pleasure yeah. to have you. Everyone go to drdravonjames.com.
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everybody. So glad you're here. It's a pleasure to have you. And thank you for being with us. Remember to leave your comments. As you can tell, I enjoy those. Uh, it's what makes it all. It's what makes it present. It's what makes it raw. It's what makes it fresh. Um, we have people that are saying thank you so much, uh, Dr. Drayvon, for your presence with us today. Delighted that you you are here. And um, and also that, you know, what what you're sharing is extremely um, motivational. So anyway, um, when we when we're looking at life itself, and if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Dr. Drayvon James. Um, you can go to her website, drdrayvonjames.com. And um, if you're just tuning in, uh, we're delighted to have you, and glad you're here. And we're we're talking about um, kind of the premise in which we are. Um, weaving like fabric is we're talking about uh, Drayvon's book, Freedom is Your Birthright. And um, and she's giving some concepts and some ideas that lead to that sense of that believability about your freedom. Um, Drayvon, are there a couple of ideas um, that you would also like to share about, I mean, why was writing this book important and, and why did it have your heart? That is a great question because, you know, I never intended to write a book at all. I actually was uh, just intended, I wanted to really, I, did, I didn't know what I was going to do with everyday peace except for try my best to get people to understand that they were way more powerful than what they thought they were. But in 2015, my world as I knew it began to change, and this is what I mean about the scenic route home. I was already practicing the principles that I talk about with freedom is your birthright, you know, staying in the present moment, uh, the law of forgiveness. I was already doing these things, but still here I was, and I was finding myself in these situations. You know, I've been married uh, this uh, 20 years on 2015, and on my five days after my 20th anniversary, my marriage started crumbling, not breaking, where you could pick the pieces up and glue them together. It just started shattering. And uh, shortly after that, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and then, well, not in that order. I lost my job, and then I got diagnosed with the autoimmune disease. So I look at oh, life and what whoa, I call it. Whoa, 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 wow, 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 that's a lot. Hold that's on, lot, right? hold, that, hold that train. <laughs> you, let me make sure I got this right. So your marriage was crumbling. Your autoimmune system crashed, and you lost your job. Right. So in the everyday world, everyday peace world, we call that the big three, right? Like health, wealth, and relationship. So all three of my pillars were attacked, and they were falling up, falling down. And so, I, in that space, I'm standing in my kitchen one day. Actually, I was lying on the kitchen floor because I was too weak to stand up for long periods of time, and I was trying to prepare food for the kids. And so I'd put some food in the, you know, turn the skillet over or whatever, and then I'd lie on the floor just so I could feel not dizzy for a few minutes. And, and as I was lying on the floor, I remember thinking over uh, 
what I was grateful for. It just popped in. It's like, you know, this is what I do. I'm, I'm in so much physical pain, emotional pain, and financial pain, <laughs> as life would have it. And I started thinking about what I was grateful for. And then, then it occurred to me while I was lying on that floor about the process that I may not be the only one who was lying on their proverbial floor of their life. Right, right. I may not be the only person. And, of course, you know that you never are. And I thought, as bad as things are, I knew this is something, it almost makes me want to cry to say it out loud, but I knew like I knew that that that, that moment in my life was going to be used to help somebody else. Mm. I just knew it. I said, I said, I cannot have come to this place in my life just to be destroyed. This is, I'm going to be able to utilize this story to help someone else. So that's when I got the concept that I would write, I would write it out. And I thought, well, I'll just, I wanted, I didn't want to write a book just as I figured, you know, uh, at the time, 2015, life moved so fast. Who has time to read a book? People don't really read books anymore. I wanted to write a little pamphlet, like maybe 20 pages. If I could put it in 20 pages, really small, and people could read from beginning to end, maybe on a train ride, commuting somewhere to work or something. And I got pretty close. I got the book under 100 pages, but I just wanted people to have some really simple tools on how to really reframe the story of whatever's going on in their life for them so that it leads to their next level of greatness. Because that's what I was having to do for myself. And I'd had to do it, Temple, so many times. It wasn't foreign to me, you know. But in the writing of the book, it helped me to realize how Drayvon, do you keep getting here? First time I ever lost my job, and all my I'd never lost a job before. I'd never been diagnosed before. I'd been sick for a long time, but this doctor, really great doctor, finally diagnosed me. But how had I been missing so many clues in my life? And it it really helped me to better see what how I was assigning things in my life and where my trust lied. Right? They say happy happy has to do with the what's happening in your life and joy has to do what you're connected with. I was so focused on making things look like they were happening. If that makes sense for our listeners, like everybody, right. And suppressing Mm -hmm. what I was really feeling. So going back to the book, Freedom is Your Birthright, I realized that that was the coping mechanism I had developed way back as a little girl to, um, Fix the happening. Fix what it looks like. Never mind what you feel like. Mm-hmm. So going back, so all of this was helping, you know, the book was for me. The whole concept was I wanted to help somebody else. But in there, who knew, but the universe knew that in there I was helping to heal myself. The more I wrote, the more simplistic I tried to make it because I really have this keep it simple, sweetie, kind of, that's how my mind works. Any, anything, I, I, I break it down, like, oh, okay, there's the source of that, and that's really how easy that is. You know, people would tell me in pharmacy school, you have a way of taking the most complex thing and making it simple. Yep, because that's how, you know, maybe I'm just a simple kind of girl, but that's how my brain works, is to is that really what your mom said? Say it again. Is that what your mom said? that I have a way of breaking things down and making it simple. Yeah, she and my aunt used to tell me that all the time. Did, did one of your family members say keep it simple or or did that or did that dwell with you know, did that come within you? Yeah. 
I can, I got that phrase. I picked up that phrase years ago. I used to sell a cosmetic line, and one of my mentors used to say, you know, just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Everything yeah. is kiss in this organization. Keep it simple, sweetie. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love that. That's that's my life. Keep it simple. <laughs> You know, I don't I don't know that I ever went back and, and said this to this therapist. This wasn't a therapist I was going to see, which um, I certainly have uh, been to a few in my day, and I, I believe in the value of it, and it can be very important if they are therapists that are constantly emerging and growing themselves and they're comfortable with their own pain. But that being said, um, when you were making a frame of reference to that, I remember this phase of life um, that it, it just seemed like things just wouldn't come together. And it, it had never been my life. You know, I mean, being born, knowing I was metaphysical, not having a word for it, but knowing that I could call things in, knowing that, you know, heaven was here and those kind of things I felt as a child, um, in those in those spaces. So when I would get into a space that things weren't working out and they wouldn't come together, and this was a doozy. This was like, you know, one of those things that book those times that books are written about, you know, the dark night of your soul. And I remember just in passing, I was just crying, and this therapist friend, you know, was listening to me, and I said, and the pain is so great. It's so great. And she said, and that's because you are a great person and great people experience great pain and great tragedy. And I went, well, I must be shape-shifting into some kind of really, you know, neat package because I really feel this, you know? So I just, I just tuned into that as you were talking about that because of where you were and what you were enduring at the same time. Well, you were really being created. That's for sure. Yeah. I really yeah. felt like that time, you know, and I, and I look around, I said to myself, all three pillars, you know, your health, your wealth, and your relationship. And I still, you know, everything is not put together textbook style and all neat and packaged up, but I, but I am, coming out, as Michelle Obama says, I am becoming, right? <laughs> I am coming forth from that. And we're always coming forth from something. But in this moment here, what it has allowed, what it has allowed me to do, the writing of the book and the reading of the book, because I actually keep it on my nightstand. I read two pages every night before I go to sleep just to um, keep my, it, it is my tool. I want it to be someone else's tool. So it's also my tool to help me with, 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 to stay fresh in my thinking and fresh in my perspective. But the coming through to this point has allowed me to reintroduce myself to me. And that's beautiful. And I hope that it does that for somebody else to say, I am free to be in this moment. I am free to see this moment. And I'm also free to feel this pain. You're right. I do believe after going through all of that, that, it's really difficult to to empathize, to to help someone with their journey if you yourself have never been through something. Could you imagine talking to a therapist? And, oh, you know, I've never experienced anything. My life has been oh, – they can't relate to anything. So I think when you're in the work that you do, the work that, I'm, that I do, that 
we've experienced a lot of pain. So when people talk to us about pain, we're no stranger to their everyone's story is different and their and their way of handling is different. But we can empathetically understand. Yeah, I get it. I get what that loss what loss feels like. I, I get what disappointment feels like. I get what complete crumbling of your world feels like. Yeah, and and the 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 second part of that is that I mean, I I look at, you know, all the years of vision boards, all the years of mission vision, you know, process retreats and and believe me, I've loved it all. I'm not I'm not uh saying it it's not validated. But for me, the real aim in my life, if I could simplify it, I'm counting my fingers to see how many, how many words it was. It's seven words. I want to be comfortable with myself. I want to be comfortable with myself. And that became my prayer. It became my daily prayer. I want to be comfortable with myself. And that was the space of that. That was the energy of that. Because in any setting with any group of people, any status, whatever it is, I'm comfortable. And and what that means is, not just a societal kind of experience. If someone's seated across from me in a chair and they are weeping and getting in touch with a deep pain that they haven't tapped into in a while or never at all, I'm comfortable sitting there not being on. You know what I mean, Trayvon? I, I don't I don't I feel do. like I had to rush and get the Kleenex. I don't feel like I need to refer to my what to say now book. I can just be comfortable with that. And that I have found through the years transcends a different kind of experience that I would have with the person seated across from me if I if I went into my head of correcting, fixing, or offering. It's just a space that we can hold together. And it requires a teacher, a lecturer, a minister, a therapist, a nurse, a something, someone to be comfortable, um, to allow the next unfoldment to occur. And I find I have found that very powerful in my life. Yeah. I, and that also gives, I feel, the person who's in your presence the permission to find themselves and to be comfortable with themselves, right? Yeah. yeah, to be able to listen and to exist in that space where you're comfortable being you and you love you, right? that you haven't bought into. And I think one of the things I discovered about myself as I wrote the book, Freedom is Your Birthright, is that I had spent a number of years denying, or maybe not even denying is not the best way to say it, 
putting everyone else's needs above my needs. So me denying my needs for the greater good of something else. And mm-hmm. so and at service from that place, from that place is to me now it didn't at the time, but to me now is struggle and the energy is wrong. It's not fertile ground. And so as I'm writing this book, Freedom is Your Birthright, I kept having these moments where clarity, you know, 2020 clarity, these moments of clarity where, aha, wow, okay. And and, and without any judgment or shame or condemnation, just this aha realization, almost like me turning around and kissing my own face and saying, Drayvon, I'm so glad you're awake. I'm so glad you're awake. Yeah. That's cool. That's really powerful for sure. So just wow. to be in that in and that's in that space of awakening. And it's a tiny, tiny little book. So we talk about in the, you know, this book I focus on, you know, being able to uh lean into your challenges. Right, and instead of this uh, practicing avoidance, right, being able to lean in and become the observer, get really curious about you, really mm-hmm. curious about the situation, which for me has been the the antidote to fear. You know, is the curiosity, because fear is another thing that I was really plagued with. Fear, you know, just fear, 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 and I think a lot of that was. You know, because of my my background growing up and being fearful and putting on a brave face <laughs> instead of really dealing with this and saying, you know, hey, wait a second, let's take a moment and acknowledge that what that feeling is right there instead of brushing past it and stuffing it in, you know, another little compartment within myself. But now being able to say, I'm looking at that, yeah. That frightens me, but let me. How can I get curious about that? So we talk about this, just these tiny little shifts in perspective, that really change the the life journey experience. Mm-hmm. It just changes the energy. It's like having on the wrong glasses uh, at times. Um, I, I I use uh, I use readers. Um, and so therefore I wear contacts, but they adjust just like you're using glasses that are readers. And so I, I came down one morning and I, I didn't have my contacts on or in, I think is better, better language, but I, and so I opened the drawer and to get some of my reader glasses out and I picked up, um, a pair of glasses and I put them on and I, I went to read something on, on my phone or an email or something. And I was like, God, I can't. Can't even really see that, you know what the heck? I, I I can't even tell what kind of word that is. So I took it over and had my glasses on and put it in the light, and because it's it's not our eyes, it's the absence of light, right? So I have it in the light. I'm still not doing that much better. <laughs> and I I looked and I had picked up the wrong pair of glasses. They belong to a guest that sometimes come to my home. So I had those on. And, and so I, that's that perspective piece um, that you're, yeah. you're talking about. You can have the wrong set of glasses on. You can be seeing something from pain or from wound or from not wanting to be like your parents or, you know, from some kind of past kind of assessment of something fear. 
um, which for me, FEAR is the acronym of former experience actually repeating. Often that's someone's fear, um, right? Uh, which keeps someone from ever getting another dog or having another lover or, you know, having another career because of the fear of what happened to them at some other time. And yeah, you're just, you're spot on. It's that filter that, that changes our reality because we respond differently. I love talking we to do. you. No, we, we do. We respond differently. And this is all, all of these things happen when we get to know each other. So I love how you started this off. I'm going back to this, that the answer is in the silence, right? So much happens in the silence and we're in this coronavirus COVID-19 period, and I would like to tell people, spend some time, find your closet space, whether it's actually in a closet or on your deck, find that space where you can just be. You can just be. Yeah, and ask yourself if you're in this space all year, are you going to be okay? I would say so. (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, who knows? Who knows? If you're... If you're in the space of waiting on the space to be over, you're not really in the space. Right. If if you're already projecting what it's going to look like next, you're not really being in the space. The space is the what's going on in right in front of you right now. Um, you'll love this. I've, I've told this a few times in the last couple of years, but we have a, a, a science of mind minister here, uh, Reverend Ron, and he told a story um, that someone went to the afterlife and and when they got there and they went through, you know, St. Peter or whatever, and they got to like in front of the council, you know, the councilman asked, um, how was heaven? How was heaven? And I just, I love, I love that. I think that is so profound. So profound, have something. right? Uh, a lot oh, of people oh are living right now waiting on some kind of promise day, and it's right here in front of you right now with wherever you oh. are. I've got to tell that story. How was heaven? How, how was, was heaven? The, you know, right, did you enjoy it? Happened. Did you have a good time? I just that think that's right such there. a magical question. It's such a magical question. How was and that takes us right back? Freedom is your birthright. What mm-hmm. are you going to do with this moment right here? And I love it. Are you going to be here in this moment, or are you so busy thinking about what's it going to be like when they open the doors and they say the quarantine is over? Are you so projected in the future that you are missing the now, yeah. the beautiful, magical now? Wow, big breath on that, huh? Yeah, how was heaven? Big breath of that. Well, you're just stirring things up today, blessed one. Um, give us one more. Give us one more thought from your book, "Freedom Is Your Birthright." And again, to all of yeah. you, you can go to the website drdravonjames.com, or you can look her up on illi i l l l i dot org. And you can discover her through there and uh, see the amazing teacher that that she is as well. 
So what's your, your, your last aha slam moment? You're going to come in and land the plane. What would you like to leave us with? What I would like to leave with everyone with is the art of forgiveness, which I touch on in this book, Freedom is Your Birthright, which actually is, a, but I'm working on a, a small book, a tiny book on forgiveness. But I would like to give this to myself and to the listening audience and to you today is that this, this forgiveness piece is so important. This is the thing that keeps us from getting to see us. It's never about the other girl or the other guy. It's always about us. And this barrier that we put up to forgiveness, if I could just get you to follow me down this path of forgiveness, and it's as simple as this, the word forgive, two words, for and give. I give this pain away. I give this away, give, in in exchange for something, in exchange for peace, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. And that is my gift to myself every day, and I like to give it to our listeners. Give something away that you're holding on to that hurts in exchange for something that you need to heal. You don't need to hold on to all those things that are blocking us, that are keeping us stuck in fear. Go ahead and give that away in exchange for something else. The universe I love has great in exchange in exchange for something else. Yeah. Wow, that, that's that's very powerful. Give something away in exchange for something else. That's best suited to you now. Forgiveness is always about the past. Exchange is about the current you. That's where the magic is right there. That's where it lands, and that's what happens. It's been a pleasure um, having all of you tune in to us today, and I want to thank you. It's because you do tune in and you share our show that we're a very popular show on Unity FM, and I always like to give a shout-out to Diane Ray, the station manager, as well as... Uh, Jeff and, and Lewis really appreciate you and all you do to make this such a smooth selling radio show. You can visit me at templehays.com or illy.org and love to hear from you always. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.